I'll give you an example of why I have to be an entrepreneur. I've been promoted in every job I've had since I was a kid, since I was 16. I've been promoted in every job I had in nine months or less, and I've been fired in two years or less because I always do whatever I want, which is useful to the organization or business. And they're happy with that because I, I create great results. And then they promote me. And then two years later, they say, you got to stop doing whatever you want. And I just keep doing whatever I want. And then I get fired. Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan. Today on episode 616 of Smashing the Plateau, I'm speaking with Sajad Hussein, CEO of Cause and Effect Consulting. Not only does Sajad understand the deep differences between being an employee and being an entrepreneur, but he has learned how to use organization and productivity to produce desired results. Stay with us to hear all the details. You can achieve extraordinary results as an entrepreneur. Having the right support is part of the journey to get there. That's why we created the Smashing the Plateau community. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll experience the camaraderie of supportive collaborative colleagues. You'll also find a range of tools and resources to support your business, access to experts, and answers to your burning questions. Check out the Smashing the Plateau community so that you can build a successful consulting business on your own terms, doing what you love and getting paid what you're worth. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com slash community. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash community. Today's guest is Sajad Hussein, CEO of Cause and Effect Consulting. Sajad, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Sajad, you have a really interesting background. Tell me a little bit about your career. Uh, my professional career? Let's see. So I went to college. I dropped out of college. I started a clothing company, a publishing company, a promotion company when I was 20. And then, uh, well, that's a lot of life to cover. And then I was a social worker and a community organizer for 16 years. I helped people get jobs and go to college. And then in law school, I helped to set up a school that turned into a school system. Then I was a practicing attorney for four and a half years. I had a tech company for six years. I was deputy chief of staff with the Department of Children and Family Services, where I ran some of the biggest projects for the state. Uh, I did business consulting with intellectual tech, my tech company, but I've been doing that exclusively with cause and effect for the past two and a half years. And what led you to start cause and effect? <laughs> that problem is always supposed to have a great answer and it doesn't. <laughs> so uh, when I left the state, according to the Office of Inspector General, uh, you can't have a uh, job with anybody with a government contractor license for your department for a year. It's supposed to stop corruption. And so all my best connects, I had four job offers for uh, vice president positions of major agencies. And um, I accepted one of them. And then I self-reported to the office of inspector general and they said I couldn't work anywhere. So uh, I applied for over 800 jobs over the next two years. And uh, I was told I was over, I had eight interviews, four of them were scams and uh, four of them were legit. And then I was told I was overqualified by everybody except Amazon. I interviewed to be the operations manager for Amazon, but they didn't tell me why they didn't hire me. But that did take 200 hours out of my life <laughs> to, to do that interview. And then I kept getting consulting work after I left the state. And then I applied to work at Wendy's. I was going to be the general manager of Wendy's. 
And then I was going to work my way up. They had 42 stores, over 1,000 employees. It was a franchise group. And they only had two corporate heads, one operations person, one HR person. And I was going to run the best Wendy's ever. And then I was going to be a corporate exec in charge of uh, staff development, events and training, intake, all the staff development stuff. And uh, they said I was overqualified. And then after that, I was like, okay, I'm I'm done being rejected. (laughs) So once Wendy's turns you down, that is the existential crisis of a lifetime where you are at at complete rock bottom, you know, it's suicide or something else, the freedom of existentialism, radical freedom of uh, choosing your own journey. I wasn't trying to be an entrepreneur again. After my tech company and my law firm, I I realized that it's a lot easier to have a job and get benefits and a paycheck uh, because when you're an entrepreneur, you eat what you hunt. And so there's there's no great story. (laughs) It's not a great story. I get interviewed a lot and I answer this question a lot and there's not a great story. Actually, it is a great story because it is really typical, right? Your story is very similar to other people's stories. I can't tell you how many people I've had on both my shows who have had longstanding careers doing you know, X, Y, or Z. Something shifts and they think, oh, I'll just get another job. I'm really good at what I do. And particularly, you know, it's, it's sort of interesting. So what you've described is, you already have a significant track record doing lots of different things. And then you're applying for another job and people are looking at your track record. And so what happens is the, the better your track record, at least this is my opinion, the more often it comes back to to bite you in the, in the you know what. So, right, so somebody who has 20 plus years experience or maybe 30 plus years experience at, as a high achieving professional, their job ends, you know, particularly if, if it turns out that they get pushed out and it's not because of performance. There are so many other reasons why jobs end. You know, there's a merger, acquisition, a new boss, a politics someplace else in the company, uh, you know, who knows what. And all of a sudden you're out right on the street, think, oh, I'll just get another job. And you start interviewing and then, you know, like you, you send out hundreds of resumes. If you're lucky, you get a handful of responses. Um, I had one, one guest on, uh, on Going Solo who talked about going through all of the, the first round interviews, you know, where you meet like 10 people at different times. And then it's time to go in for that final interview with the decision maker. And he said that final interview kept not happening. And then there was finally one time when it was scheduled and I was on my way into the building for the final decision-making meeting and I got a phone call. It has to be rescheduled. And he said, and guess what? It never got rescheduled. Right? So at some point, you kind of need to take control over your career, which it sounds like that's what you did. Well, yeah. So there's two things to what you said. The, The best laid plan. I really need to research what the phrase is, but there's the best laid plan and then life happens. Exactly. But I made more money last or this month. I made more money this month than I would have made in a year as a general manager (laughs) of Wendy's. So thank you, Wendy's, for turning me down. Yeah, it did work out well. It it does work out, you know. Right. But but in when you're in the middle of it, it does not necessarily feel so pretty. No, I got sick of those rejection emails, just like, you know, not even interested in interviewing me. And when I did, you know, interview for Wendy's, the, the district manager said, he looked at my CV and he said, Sajad, what the hell are you doing here? 
I said, well, Dave, I'm trying to get a job. He said, I understand that, but why are you interviewing for Wendy's? And I told him my master plan. And he said, as soon as something better comes along, you're going to quit. And I said, well, I've been trying for two years to get a job. So I don't think I'm going to quit. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, so how did you figure out what you wanted to do instead? It was organically happening because my, my reputation from my position with the state, that sounds really pretentious, but it is what it is. Uh, a lot of, a lot of people knew who I was and saw what I was doing and were coming to me to help them develop their businesses for profit or nonprofit businesses. And then I developed the curriculum based upon uh, the amount of people that I ended up helping out. And they were all in different fields, but the structure remained the same, whether it was nonprofit or for-profit. My, my expertise is in organization and productivity, you know, project management. So the framework is the same regardless of the type of business. Yeah. So yeah. I just kept having people come to me. Do you want to talk a little bit about the framework? Uh, yeah. So I run a business development boot camp, which is six weeks where I'm going to beat you with a stick. Every week, we're going to do four months worth of work. Uh, for one hour a week, you are going to meet with me. And for one hour a week, you're going to get homework. So cause and effect, what, what I do is uh, I help you become extremely well organized to significantly increase your productivity and substantially reduce your stress. Week one is branding, pitching, packages, and processes. So ensuring that you're starting with an emotional connect when you pitch because people buy based on emotion, not based on logic. Then when you have packages, different services you provide, telling people when you hire me, this is what it's going to look like. So you're putting that person in the in the shoes of the person that would hire you. A lot of times when I'm pitching, people say, I'm not intending to hire you. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Let me keep going. And 80% of them end up hiring me, right? So yeah, that's, that's the first workshop. All right. Yeah, do you want to run through some more of it? Yeah, I was going to go through. I wasn't sure if you had a question or a comment. No, no, no. I, I have a question, but I'll save it for the end. Okay. So week two is ROICAC, return on investment and customer acquisition costs, because activity does not equal productivity. So you get these four chemicals of happiness, dopamine, serotonin, endorphins, and oxytocin by doing stuff. When you're active, your brain tells you you're happy. But if you're going to be a business owner, uh, it has to be about productivity, not activity. A lot of people that hire me either have plateaued <laughs> in their business or are really smart and really hardworking and can't figure out why it's not happening. And what I teach people is what is stuff? Because a lot of people do a lot of stuff. So ROICAC is looking at what are you actually doing and what's your actual return? So you're going to these different networking events. You're doing your podcast. You're being interviewed on podcasts. You're doing LinkedIn. Where are your clients coming from? How much money are you making? The only quantifiable measurement that matters from my perspective in business ultimately is how much money you're making. So that's week two. Week three is mapping. So mapping is a dream without a plan is a wish. So you have to have first your personal nut, your exact break even. You need to know what that is. You probably think you already know you're probably forgetting stuff. So you should have a budget broken down. So Netflix, Sirius XM, your Zoom account, whatever accounts you have, all your dollars. Then your professional account, your professional expenses, rather, which is, you know, you got attorneys in there, you got accountants, you have insurance, you have marketing. What are all your technology updates? You might have the wrong AirPods. Um, you got to have all your expenses in there because your business needs to pay for the personal and the professional. It's a hobby if it doesn't pay all your bills. So then after you have your nut, your personal nut, your professional nut, you add those together, you understand what your break even is. Then what is your overall goal? No number is unreasonable or irrational. So it could be 5,000 extra month, 10,000 extra month, 20,000 extra month. It doesn't matter what it is, but you need a logistical plan to get there. 
So I give you a tool for that. I give you an ROI CAC tool as well. So I give you a tool for the mapping, which is action steps, due dates, and milestones. What needs to get done? What's the smaller goal? What needs to get done to make that smaller goal happen? What is the due date? And then the milestone is how do you measure success? So after three months, I should have five clients, right? And if you do something for three months and it doesn't work, you should quit doing that. So for example, I'm sponsoring a golf course right now. So by sponsoring the golf course, I had to pay the golf course. Then I had to have my writer write something up. Then my marketing guy looked at what my writer did, told the writer how to change it. My writer changed it. My graphic designer added the QR code and the logo to the the marketing for the golf course. Now, after two months, I want to land five clients. And if not, then don't sponsor golf courses. If I do, you know, I need to have an actual goal of what I'm hitting. So I show my clients and I tell them to do five, you know, LinkedIn, networking events. I have an email company I hired. Just, you know, five things, ways in which you're trying to get income, streams of income. Uh, And then after three months, you evaluate. And I think you should do this for the duration of your business. Week four is called loose ends. So I've been doing this eight and a half years. Everybody falls behind. This is where you get to ask me a million questions. So we've done branding, pitching, packages, processes, mapping, uh, quantifiable measurements. So now we have loose ends. Week Five is negotiations and closing deals. First uh, rule of success, number one key to success of closing a deal, always take yes for an answer. As soon as they're ready to buy, shut your stupid mouth and take their money. It even happens to me. I'll take notes and I'll be like, ah, I really want to say these three more things. Don't say that you can save the three more things for after they send you the money. Don't submit written contracts with numbers on them. So make sure you're talking to people because you want to see what barriers you're facing to overcome them. Anytime you send a written proposal with a number on it, people just stare at the number. They forget everything else you talked about. All they see is it says two grand or 10 grand or 30 grand. They focus, their brain focuses on the number. So if they ask for a proposal, say, let me know when we can meet back up. I'll put together a proposal. I'll run through it with you to make sure we have a meeting of the minds. And then when you get to the number, when they say they're ready to buy, when they say, how much is this? Then you say it's $10,000 and then you shut your mouth. Whoever talks first loses. And then Either they buy or you overcome barriers, right? You figure out, well, why don't you want to move forward? What, what is the issue? I'm either not hitting your pain point or it's a matter of finances, which both things can be worked out. Lastly, on this point, always add value, as much value as possible. That's what I'm trying to do right now. <laughs> always add as much value as possible. Don't, don't sell. Just add value, add value, add value. If people see value in what you do, they'll pay you. The price is going to be irrelevant if they see the value in it. Finally, we do workshop six, which is the capstone. You've graduated college, David, a whole bunch of times. I read your profile. There's lots of graduations there. So we're doing a capstone. And uh, the capstone, we're doing three keys to success as an entrepreneur. Number one is persistence. You keep going and going and going no matter what. But you want to be stubborn, but not stupid stubborn. So you don't want to keep doing things that aren't working. So look at your quantifiable measurements and your mapping. Number two is sacrifice, uh, giving up something in order to get something, which when my clients hire me, it's six weeks. You're working 12 hours a day, seven days a week, no weekends, no holidays uh, for that six weeks because you want to get rich and that's what you hired me to do. And the third thing is organization, which is structure, logistics, protocol, and processes. So that's my program. And then I do accountability coaching. So every day you're going to send me your to-do list hour by hour. You're going to work 12 hours a day. You're going to get off four hours a day and you're going to sleep for eight hours a day, but you're going to have quantifiable measurements. So if you say emails from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m., are you sending three emails or are you sending 30 emails? 
I don't tell you what to do, but you do hold yourself strictly accountable. I'm teaching people how to be their own boss, like what it really means to be your own boss. First of all, thanks for, for walking through this. I think it's really important to, to hear the, the whole framework. Second of all, graduations are overrated. Um, yes, I've had a few of those. I'm not sure that I've employed a huge amount of what I actually studied. <laughs> uh, I think lifelong learning is a lot more important. So um, that that's an aside. It is impressive, though. Your background is extremely impressive. You know, it's um, people get caught up in the in the names of things. Well, you look great on paper, David. That's all I can say about that. Thanks, thanks, Sajad. How did you learn this framework? Uh, trial and error. So that's a funny thing too. I've been an entrepreneur for over 30 years now. I'm old. I'm just really good looking. And so a lot of, a lot of my clients and humble as well, a lot of my clients will say like, Oh, have you read this? Or have you read that? You know, and cause what you're teaching is this, you know, this expert that the Wolf of wall street, several people refer to him in the books he has in his program. I'm like, no, I haven't read any of this stuff. Like some of the stuff I said during my presentation of my program, program outline. And so, no, it's just trial and error. It's things I've, you know, I've been trying businesses forever and I've been successful with a few of them, but I've also like pretty much all entrepreneurs, you don't hear about all the failures people had, right? You hear about their success and you see them on Shark Tank, but you don't hear about the- Well, we heard about your challenges trying to get a job. No, but I'm saying when you look at like TV and they talk about entrepreneurship, you see the billionaires, they don't tell you about the hundreds of times they failed. You know, and you learn through all that failure. Like you said, life, you know, life lessons is more valuable than college. So I've learned what I've learned from try I started, you know, my first legitimate businesses at 20 years old, clothing, publishing, and promotions. And I could have got rich off of some of that stuff. I just didn't know what I was doing. And now, you know, 25 years later, I know what I I can look back and say these are all the mistakes that I made. Hindsight is twenty twenty. I always describe a breakthrough as what other people notice after you've taken thousands of tiny steps and pivots. Yeah. Where would you like all this to go for you? Everybody's giving me advice on where I should go, <laughs> but I'm having a lot of fun. I'm working with seven people every six weeks. Each client takes approximately four hours a week. I meet with them up to an hour, but I'm on call 24-7 because I love what I do. And there's a lot of people arguing against me. I should do group settings. I'm like, I don't want to do that because I, I develop very intimate relationships with my clients because they're telling me about, you know, I'm, I'm all involved in your life. So I hear about your husband, your wife, your children, your illnesses, and, you know, what's preventing you from moving forward in different kinds of ways. And I help you overcome those obstacles. And I love it. I love it. I have a workbook and a video series coming out in a couple of weeks, but um, I don't know. I mean... I'm not desperate to change what I'm doing because I'm loving what I'm doing. I just bought a truck and a trailer, so I'm going to be running my business from the road for the next four months. Internet Anywhere is only $70 a month now in case you want to travel and work. What's what's Internet Anywhere? Uh, your own private uh, hotspot in your trailer. It's only 70 bucks a month now. Wow. So, so where are you going to go? Uh, Chicago to Kentucky to Georgia to Florida. I'm going to drive down to the Keys. Then New Orleans. Texas, Arizona, San Diego, the Moab Desert in Utah is my favorite place that I've ever camped at in the United States. Then Denver, Nebraska, Iowa, and back home. And have you been to all those places before? I've done eight road trips of 2,000 miles or more. I have not. I've driven through everywhere I named, but I have not uh, partied in New Orleans yet. And there's this thing called BLM Land, Bureau of Land Management, where you can camp for two weeks for free. And there's a couple spots around New Orleans. So... 
I just got to figure out if the Uber can pick me up from my trailer or not. <laughs> um, so when are you taking off? December 17th. Sounds great. What haven't I asked you that you'd like to share, Sajad? Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, a lot of times people will ask like the, well, I, yeah, I, know, I do know. Beyond the practical stuff, there is the mentality part. So entrepreneurship is a fantasy. If you are not an entrepreneur and you're thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, entrepreneurs will know what I'm saying right now. But if you are not one and you're thinking about becoming one, it's not what you think it is. If you can work a regular job and be okay with a job, you should just work a job. You should only be an entrepreneur if you have to be. I'll give you an example of why I have to be an entrepreneur. I've been promoted in every job I've had since I was a kid, since I was 16. I've been promoted in every job I had in nine months or less, and I've been fired in two years or less. Because I always do whatever I want, which is useful to the organization or business. And they're happy with that because I, I create great results. And then they promote me. And then two years later, they say, you got to stop doing whatever you want. And I just keep doing whatever I want. And then I get fired. So if you're one of those people, you have to be an entrepreneur because you just want to do things. You know, if you if you every boss you've ever had, not that I thought all my bosses were stupid, but if you tell yourself, oh, I'm smarter than everybody I work for then you should be an entrepreneur if you think you're that smart. But this is a lot harder than what you think it is. You get autonomy, but you're the sales rep, you're the pitch pitch man or woman, you're the accountant, the lawyer, you're the secretary. Um, there's a lot more. A lot of people hire me, especially former corporate executives hire me. And they're like, because they're like, oh, I, I was making $200,000. They were making $50 million off every deal I got them. Well, yeah, but you were within the infrastructure of that corporation where they had sales, accounting, secretaries, billing. Now you're an entrepreneur and you can't work eight hours a day. You got to work 12 hours a day and there are no more weekends or holidays. So if you're thinking about being an entrepreneur, if you're not already, understand it's not what you think it is. And you better love whatever you're about to start because it's going to be pretty much your entire life. That is good advice. Sajad, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau. If somebody wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed today, get in touch with you, access any resources you have, where should they go? Uh, they can go to my website or to my LinkedIn, uh, causeandeffectconsulting.com, and you'll see my calendar. Uh, please sign up for the calendar, and I offer 30 minutes of my time complimentary. And David, thank you very much for the opportunity. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. It's been uh, been a lot of fun having a chat with you, hearing a little more about you, and uh, being able to share your framework with everybody. Thanks. My guest today has been the CEO of Cause and Effect Consulting, Sajad Hussein. Thank you again, Sajad, for joining us. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. You can achieve extraordinary results as an entrepreneur. Having the right support is part of the journey to get there. That's why we created the Smashing the Plateau community. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll experience the camaraderie of supportive collaborative colleagues. You'll also find a range of tools and resources to support your business, access to experts, and answers to your burning questions. Check out the Smashing the Plateau community so that you can build a successful consulting business on your own terms, doing what you love and getting paid what you're worth. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com slash community. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash community. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.